What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 228th episode of the Pokemon Podcast. I'm your host, SBJ, and good to be back with me today. I have Will. And do you want me to check on my computer and, like, record as a backup since you have problems recording things lately? I recorded a lot lot of things lately. Let's not talk about this. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We also have a new podcastee. Is that a a word? We have a new guest on, a Patreon backer who has given us much, much money to be here. Not really, but uh, Steven joins us today. Howdy, everyone. How are you, man? I am good. I am broadcasting live from my grandparents' shorthouse in Ocean City, New Jersey. There we go. Got that New Jersey residence hanging out. Lesser <laughs> of the Ocean Cities. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not too bad. There's there's less uh, there's less rowdy people here. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure you wish you were in Ocean City, Maryland. <laughs> if if uh, I'm not gonna bash on Ocean City, Maryland, but let's just keep it that. <laughs> for our listeners, this is what kind of show we have for you today. We have some Pokemon news in regards to we got some Pokemon Go stuff regarding a new update. We have some other just Pokemon news stuff for some movie things going on. And then mostly what we're going to be talking about is pretty much two weeks of new Pokemon and new information regarding Pokemon Sun and Moon. So that's kind of the format we're going with. And before we get to all of that, oh, also, well, end with our Pokemon of the week. And if time permits, we I have some emails that we can go through. But, but before we get all to that, Steven, first time on, a little bit about you. What is your favorite Pokemon? All right, so I thought about this one long and hard. Uh, it has to be Gengar. Has to be Gengar, eh? Yeah, between Gengar and Honchakar, I like, I like Gengar. Uh, he's purple, my favorite color. Uh, he's the original 151. And uh, he's pretty still. Uh, he's still pretty good in the in the in the competitive scene. So, oh, you're a competitive player. I I've been competitive playing for three four years now, but uh, not as hardcore as you guys have been. You guys actually go to, yeah, guys actually go to the competitions. I haven't been to any of those yet. <laughs> well, that's, but you that's do the online stuff. Debatable. I do the online stuff. I do the convention stuff. Uh, I was a gym leader at the convention at a convention before um i've done the gym leader battles at other conventions so that's pretty much my extent <laughs> okay yeah usually travis fills us in and our competitive needs they are not here today because they are celebrating a three-year anniversary with their significant other so congrats oh, and i can't oh. even get a date congrats congrats <laughs> to them uh S- steven uh when did you start listening to the the show or um, um, another question to piggyback off that when did how did you discover the show so uh, I used to work a mundane IT job like Mr. Will, and I needed something to listen to. Um, so I downloaded a bunch of the podcasts, and I was actually going on a road trip last year across all the Great Lakes. So I drove through the gate state of Wisconsin and had some cheese curds. Awesome. And uh, I listened to a good chunk of the mid to later episodes while you guys were, I think, on hiatus last year uh throughout that drive and then uh i've been a follower since and then i became a patreon backer when uh, i switched jobs to a consulting role and i was very bored and lonely so i joined the slack community you guys uh kept me good company for a bit yeah slack is still going strong it's a good community of people yeah absolutely all right well 
Cool. Glad you are here. Hopefully you enjoy the next hour. Hopefully our listeners enjoy the next hour. Before again, before we dive too deep into Pokemon news, we like to we like to recap our weeks here. Uh Will and I shared the same week. We were both at Gen Con. How was that? Yeah, yeah. Am I supposed to react to that? I'm still recovering from my cold that I got at Gen Con. I, I was I was expecting a reaction. Uh yeah, so Gen Con is a is a board gaming slash tabletop slash role playing convention that happens every summer in uh in downtown Indiana, Indianapolis. And the cool thing this year, which which we talked about prior to Gen Con happening, was Pokemon had uh, a booth in the vendor hall, and they actually had a very large booth. Pokemon Center was there with a booth with stuff from PokemonCenter.com. That was the first place I headed to when I got there. It was very easy to spot in the vendor hall because there's a giant inflatable Pikachu above. There was also breaking news, maybe, maybe a Pokemon exclusive. Pokemon Company has two giant inflatable Pikachus because there was one in the gaming hall. Above the, yes, I was going to reference that. Above the TCG stuff. I always was under the impression they only had one, and they just lugged that inflatable from town to town for competitions, but they indeed had two. Surprise of surprises. And, you know, how many people got lost because of that? You know, I was like, meet me under the inflatable Pikachu's butt, and people went to the wrong inflatable Pikachu. Yeah, I, I, I liked how the Pokemon Center was one of... A couple meetup spots that we used, like, oh, just go to the Pokemon Center. We're all, we're all there. Will, did you end up buying anything from the Pokemon Center? Uh, no, I didn't get through there until the very end. Um, so the it was pretty barren by the time I got there. Oh yeah, yeah. They they sold out a lot of stuff. The the hot item there was so okay. I know, uh, like how we're like, let's not talk about Pokemon, and now we're talking about Pokemon, but that's okay. <laughs> It's Gen Con Pokemon. It's, it's Gen, okay. It's Gen Con Pokemon. They had pretty much anything you could buy on the Pokemon Center they had there. So the thing that I really wanted, I was hoping they would have, was the Omanyte and Kabuto pins, and they didn't have them. They had the Espeon and uh, Umbreon. They had just the Eevee and Vaporeon. They had no Jolteon. Jolteon watch. Confirmed no Jolteon slash Flareon there. They had... Uh, the Team Rocket stuff, so I think it was the Team Rocket R, the, the Zubat, and the Rattata. And then they had the starters. So you had your Bulbasaur, Squirtle, Charmander, Pikachu, and then you had your Pikachu, Cyndaquil, Chikorita, and Totodile. And I actually almost bought that, and I was going to give you the Cyndaquil one, uh, Will, but those like the four-pack were 25 bucks. So they had that. They had a bunch of tumblers, so just your glasses and your mugs. They had the hot item... The hot item was the $85 giant Bulbasaur that they sold out of after the first day. It was just a very, I don't even know how big, like bigger than and like three cats. Super big. Yeah. Yeah, super big. They, uh, I ended up getting a giant Pikachu pillow. It's just Pikachu's head. That's a pillow. So I got that. That's the only thing I got. And then they had all your plushes. So they had Jirachi, Celebi, uh, Mega Lucario, Evolved form of Hoopa, Hoopa Unleashed, Unchained, whatever that Unbound. thing is. Unbound. Unbound. They had, they had the Hoopa, so they had a bunch of plushes. They didn't have any Kotari cuties, I don't think. They did. They did. They, they sold oh, out the wow. first day. They sold out the first day. They had, um, I think they had Esper. They had Pikachu. Uh, the only ones they were left with was like a Pokemon that does, that, a lame Pokemon. I can't even remember which one it was. 
So when I went when I went in there in the last half hour of the show, they still had uh, Zoroarks, they had Mega Sableyes, and well, those are the only uh, stuffed animals that I remember seeing that they still had. They, they probably still had a lot of like college graduation Pikachu's, right? Nope. No. <laughs> All right. Uh, the thing that I, like the thing I saw people run up to and like get super excited for, but like no one actually bought was the Androids. Oh, they still had those, yeah. The they Nendoroids. Had, they had Nendoroids. Yeah, Nendoroids. They had Cynthia, they had N, and then they had the three pack with Red, Charizard, Venusaur, and Blastoise. And I thought for sure like those would be sold out. And maybe they did sell a lot. They were just easier to pack than giant Pikachus and Bulbasaurs and Squirtles, which sold out pretty well. But yeah, they still had a bunch of those at the end of the show. So uh they also had like notepads and sketchbooks and some other stuff but yeah it was it was really cool to have to for that to be there the prices were pretty much exactly the same as the prices on pokemoncenter.com uh the booth was pretty much always packed in another area they had pokin happening they had uh, a draft going on for tcgs they had they had a bunch of other stuff so uh, i know will did a a draft i did the sealed deck draft format yep and it was you were a bit frustrated with it from my recollect from what I recall. Yes, it just it wasn't run very well, and they were relying on a computer to try to get everything organized. And basically, after two rounds, two really slow rounds, the computer broke down, and they couldn't even hold the third round. And I was undefeated at that point, so I was extra salty. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it just, like, it started at 1 o'clock, and, you know, it came to be 3 o'clock, and it still was nowhere near being over, and I had forgotten on the Sunday of Gen Con that Gen Con closes at 4 o'clock, so I was like, I can either stay in this tournament and hope they fix the computer, or actually just walk away from it and get some some stuff done on the show floor. Do they still use damage counters in the Pokemon trading card game? Oh, absolutely. I I have my... (laughs) I, I literally brought my victini special victini tin that has like all my damage counters and poison and burn and everything with me and i had it with me just to do a draft so and i had all my special damage counters and what was hilarious was i took out the burn and the poison counter and i was like handing out extra my extra ones to other people who might not have brought any and the organizer was like, oh, you're not going to need those. They don't do burn and poison in this uh, sealed deck format. Literally, they had in the sealed deck Pokemon that did poison. They had a Toxicroak that did poison damage. They had, uh, uh, what's the Litleo evolution? Uh, Pyroar, Pyroar that did burn damage. And I'm like, you don't even know what you're talking about, dude. It sounds uh. like that tournament was rigged. The computer problems, damage counters, and then here you're drawing cards with the very thing that they said didn't exist. So, yeah, no, it's just just because I was undefeated, then they had to crash it because they couldn't let that go through. Yeah, they couldn't let the number one Pokemon player in Washington D.C. <laughs> get I should through. check my standing now because I had to give my uh, play Pokemon number, so it is recorded officially. All right, all right. Besides the Pokemon stuff at Gen Con, Will was there was there a game that you walked home with that you were really happy about or a game that you played what was what was your one standout game for our listeners again who have never been to gen con focusing on board games and stuff there the gen con is when all the hot new board games come out so some board games sell out really quick some don't sometimes you find hidden gems on the show floor but uh will what was what was your what was your gem what was what were, what were you happy with 
you, you know what my gem was because it doesn't exist as a game yet and you can't buy it and i'm like still dying and burning up over that is that was that really your game of the show yes i love that game so much for, for our listeners what are you talking what game are you talking about cause of death ghost man i love that game i i did not <laughs> stop telling people how much i love that game it's so dumb <laughs> Dumb is in the sense of the fact that I can't stop telling people about it. Not dumb in that it's a dumb game. It's like it's like just the perfect amount of hidden role for me for the fact that it's o- you're only the hidden role for one turn, and then it's over. So you're not stressing out like over five, six, ten turns if somebody's going to figure out who you are. You just do your turn. The turn ends, and then you don't have to stress about that anymore. Yeah, yeah. So I can I can break this down. So Cause of Death Ghost was a game that was kind of created on my other podcast, mid-podcast. The other podcast I host is a board game podcast called the Tuesday Night Podcast, Night spelled with a K, and that's also in iTunes and wherever else you find podcasts. But So Alan and Sean from, the, from Tuesday Night Games, they make board games, and they made a pretty popular game called Two Rooms and a Boom, and they also have another game going on right now called World Championship Russian Roulette. And they've made some other games like Duel or Woo Wee, which are not yet published, but you can download like print and play copies off their website. While we were recording a podcast, I think it was like episode 13 or 14, we were, we were talking about, it might have been horror games or like games you would play around Halloween. And, and Alan at one point said, what's the cause of death? And I said, I think I, I, I don't remember it that well. But I said, like, Ghost? And then I was like, Cause of Death Ghost? That's like a good name for a game. And we all laughed. And then Alan, being, being a very smart person when it comes to making games, asked what kind of game that would be. And I, was, I said, well, it has to be like a hidden role game because those are my favorite types of games. We talked about like, it being a drafting game as well because I also enjoy drafting games. And then Alan ended up making Cause of Death Ghost, which is a, a very simple, pretty light game of ghosts trying to figure out who the hunters are and the hunters trying to figure out who the ghosts are and it's very light plays very fast and he made me a copy that i picked up at gen con and i took it and i showed will and i showed my other friends that were at the show and everyone i showed seemed to really like it but the game is not published yet so it's not available to buy and but i i do think the print and play is going to go up on the tuesday night website Hopefully by the end of this week, that that's kind of my goal. I'm going to push Alan to get me the print and play stuff so I can help update their website. But yeah, I it's a pretty fantastic game, right? It's it's fun when you don't want to spend a lot of time. Number one, you don't have a lot of rules to learn. Number two, it moves very quickly, so people stay engaged. And three, it's a hidden role game that I can tolerate because you know I get so stressed out on hidden role games when I think that people are going to figure out who I am or what role I'm playing, and that ruins it for me. And in this case, it's like you're you're never a role for more than one turn, and then and you, you get and a different you, role. You really get a pick. You're you're presented with two roles on your turn, so you do get some some choice, which is very important to people. Yeah, as opposed to just like whatever you know is randomly assigned to you, and then you're like, oh. I've got to be, you know, the the liberals or whatever in that other game. And I, I don't want to. I hate liberals. <laughs> I don't hate liberals. Oh. But I also I did buy one game at Gen Con. I bought Ascendance of Etheros because that is a deck building game made by Boucherode. And I pretty much love all of their games. So 
I just, you know, it was a, it was a guaranteed buy. They, they actually uh, released it at Gen Con, so I had to get a set. Cool. The two games I picked up that I really liked, uh, one real quick is called Happy Salmon. It's a dexterity game where you're just trying to uh, discard your, your, card of hand, your hand of cards as fast as possible. So in order to do that, your card tells you something to do, like high five or, or fist bump or, or s- switch places with somebody that you're, you're, you're playing the game with. So as long as you're, if you say high five, you're looking for somebody else to high five. Once you high five, you discard your card. And you're doing that until you're out of cards and then you win. So it's just a very loud, uh, very quick game where you can literally tell somebody, hey, you want to play this game? It takes two minutes and I can teach you the rules in about 20 seconds. That game, did you end up playing that, Will? Yeah, I played it a couple of times. Happy Salmon, yeah. Did you like it? it was very... uh, it's okay. I'm, I'm not that into those Screaming. kinds of like yelling and running around type games. So it was okay. All right, all right. Uh, the game that I really liked was a game called Exposed. It's a hidden role game. Go, to, go figure, because those are my favorite types of games. But I'll, I'll lay down the premise real quick. If you like it, that's cool. If you don't, we're moving into Pokemon after this. But So Exposed is a hidden role game. You are all uh, pickpocketers on a cruise ship. You have a hidden role. So you could be like a firefighter or an accountant or a cook or a politician. That's just your role that no one else knows. And then you need to steal wallets from other people. And so it's, it's laid out in a grid. So I think it's five by five. So five people up, five people down, fill in the rest, math, 25 people. It depends on how many players you have in the game. That it actually expands even further, more rows and, and oh, columns. Oh, really? Yeah, I, did, I didn't know that rule. Well, you played it a couple times. I only played it once. No, I only played it once, but I have a crush on the guy who designed it, so I watched his demo videos. Oh, okay, online. got it. What? Cool. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know there was demo videos. You, you and I played together. It was me, you, and Alex, right? And Tim, yeah. And no, Tim wasn't there. He was watching from behind because he had his. No, Tim was literally there. Was he? Absolutely. Yeah. So it was the four of us. Yep. Okay. 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 Now I remember. I thought there was only three of us for some reason. So, uh, so on your turn, you can do one of four things. You can either uh, move any tiles twice, so you can just switch like the firefighter and the you know cook, uh, and you can do that two times. Uh, or you can you can steal a wallet, but you have to be you can only steal from tiles that are directly touching your character, which then kind of reveals possibly where you could be. Or you could expose somebody in the row or column you were in. So if I thought that Will was the firefighter, I could, and as long as I was in the same row or column as the firefighter, I could expose that. Which the really cool thing is when you expose, you flip the tile over, and then the firefighter is now in their underwear, which is really cool. And if 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 they're not the firefighter, nothing really happens. Uh, but if they are, so Will was the firefighter in our game, and if I if he was exposed, he would have to lose half of the wallets he has stolen. And now for the rest of the game, everyone knows who he is. He can still win. It's just a little bit harder. The last thing you can do is you can show somebody your your role. So I could show Will that I was the psychi- psychiatrist and say, look, I'm the psychiatrist. Now I can expose anyone on the board which is a very risky play because you're giving away your role to uh, expose everyone so the goal of the game is just to get seven wallets or to expose every other player but yourself so there are two win conditions which i think is really good so looking at the game it's like okay it's hidden role i'm sold it looks like a very cute like oh this is a very simple game the coolest part and why i loved it and why it was one of my games of the show is because there was a lot of strategy to it 
there was a lot of like planning and strategy and trying to figure out and making making plays without giving yourself away and a lot of the games i play just because i play with people who don't play board games a lot is like okay these are like a lot of luck games so it's so whoever wins really didn't rely on skill they just kind of won because they were lucky they had a good hand dealt they rolled a good dice number other players just had bad luck there were a lot of games are just very low skill high luck which there's nothing wrong with that but this game was more low luck high skill uh, but it still was packaged in a way that made it very simple and very accessible to other players, and that's why I liked it a lot. So the goal is to get people in their underwear? Is oh, yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> that is the goal. Like, it sounds like a dating game. Uh, well, I don't know. I wish it had turned out that way for me, but <laughs> well, I, I mean, think the designer was interested. If, if, everyone, <laughs> if everyone's stealing wallets and you take away their clothes where they're only in their underwear, they have nowhere to hide the wallets anymore. So they're exposed. How you get their clothes off, that's another story. (laughs) By flipping their card over. That's as exciting as it gets. We also play Tada a lot. Yeah, Tada is really great. Just a shout out to Tada. Yes, yeah, Tada is super good. So uh, if you you want to hear all the games and board game stuff I I played, and also Will was on a bunch of uh, the Tuesday Night Podcast over the last week, uh, that podcast is just called Tuesday Night, Night spelled with a K, uh, podcast and so you can go to like tuesdaynightgames.com you can check out the podcast there or just search for it in itunes or google play or or stitcher i think it's on all three so uh yeah that's where i just talk about board games so all right well let's dive into some pokemon news first bit of news here let's start with the news that only some of the world will care about pokemon movies four five and seven multi-movie release Coming to the UK, Miramax and Studio Canal will release Pokemon Triple Movie Collection on DVD August 29th, 2016. This DVD is Region 2. This Triple Movie Collection will include Pokemon Forever, Celebi, The Voice of the Forest. I didn't know that there, I didn't know that I had a sublo- subtitle. Yeah. All right. Voice of the Forest. Uh, Pokemon Heroes, Latios and Latias. If you want to see some hot... Ash on Pokemon action. That is your movie. (laughs) Every time. Every time. (laughs) And the best movie. Probably the best Pokemon movie ever made. Pokemon Destiny Deoxys. Uh, Each movie will be on its own disc. Notably, the sixth movie, Pokemon Jirachi Wishmaker, is not on this list. All movies included in this release uh, have been released in the UK previously. This announcement follows the first three Pokemon movies, which were released on DVD and Blu-ray in the UK uh, the past November. It doesn't say if this is a... It just says DVD. It doesn't say anything about this being a Blu-ray, so... Would there be any point in making them Blu-rays? I mean, you can't improve the quality after the animation cells have been made. Uh, you could improve the sound, though. You can put way bigger audio files on. I don't... I But that's that's... If if they recorded it at a higher quality, I guess. Yeah, I'll take your word for it. I mean, yeah, you could make the sound better because of the room, but anyways. All right, let's talk about some Pokemon Go. So we didn't record last week because of Gen Con, but I did put out the Kickstarter episode, which I do want to touch on in a bit here. Pokemon Go, though, since then, has been released in Asia and Oceania. Oce- That's how you say it? Yeah. Words. Specifically, I'm going to read this list, list of country because I'm going to butcher half these names. Uh... The game has been released in Bernie, 
Cambodia, Indonesia. Wait, 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 wait. Brunei. 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 All right. <laughs> See how fast I can go without Will correcting me. Uh, Laos, Malaysia, Philippines, Singapore, Thailand, Vietnam, Taiwan, Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea. All right. Fiji, the best water in the world. Solomon Islands, Federal States of Micro- Micronesia, and Palau, 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 maybe. Hey, I got a lot of those names right. Yeah, you did pretty good. P-A-L-A-U. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, that's yep, Palau. Yep. Game has already been released in Australia, New Zealand, the Americas, Japan, Hong Kong, and most European countries. I think last I checked, which was two days ago, Pokemon Go was, Pokemon Go was still top grossing, but I did see it dip down at one point. It dipped down when they got, when they removed the three-step glitch. And then when they added the most recent update, and went back up. So let's talk about that real quick here. Uh, so on August 8th, Pokemon Go was updated for Android point, ver, version point zero point three three point zero, and for iOS 1.3.0, following actual numbers. This is what they did to Pokemon Go. They added a dialogue to remind trainers that they should not play while traveling above a certain speed. Trainers must confirm they are not driving in order to continue playing. They made improvements to accuracy of the curveball throw. They fixed a bug that prevented nice, great, and excellent Pokeball throws from awarding the appropriate XP bonuses. They fixed an achievement showing incorrect metal icons. They enabled the ability for trainers to change the nickname to change their nickname one time. Please choose your new nickname wisely. They resolved an issue with battery saver mode saved on iOS and re-enabled this feature. They added visuals for the team leaders Candela, Blanche, and Spark. This bullet point says we are currently testing a variation of the nearby Pokemon featuring a subset of users. During this period, you may see some variation in the nearby Pokemon UI. And then finally, minor text fixes. We hope you enjoy this new version, and please share your feedback, the Pokemon Go team. I have some feedback. <laughs> uh, since, that, and since that update, they, Pokemon Go did come out on Facebook and some other places, and they did address why they weren't communicating. They pretty much apologized. They said they were very busy. They said the three-step glitch thing was broken. They couldn't fix it. They were removing it. They said they did want to bring it back. This was after our episode where we, we talked about that even if Pokemon, we, I compared Pokemon Go to Destiny and how Bungie communicates every single week, every single Thursday, and even communicating that much, people are still upset that they are not communicating enough, which blows my mind. But I then talked about how I feel like if Pokemon Go did communicate, that the same people complaining about them not communicating would still be just as upset. Uh, and of course, those people came out of the woodworks, but... Uh, a lot of people did appreciate that they did come out, they did say something, and they then followed up with, well, now communicate more, which I don't, I don't, they haven't really communicated since besides their communication through their updates, which, you know, I read the updates, I understand what they did, I, I look at them and I go, okay, that seems like communication to me, I get what they're doing, I get that they fixed that, I get that they're testing this new thing, but what are your guys' thoughts on this update? Are you still playing Pokemon Go or are you not? Are you happy with this or are you not? Pokemon no, I'll let or not? Go first because I'm the most <laughs> casual Pokemon Go player ever. So <laughs> I'm I'm on the same boat. All my friends started playing. If anything, like 
you know, I play all the Game Boy games and they were all shocked that I barely played Pokemon Go. So I had to hop on that train. But anyway, I'm level 14 now. And because of that update, I'll tell you what, last night my cousins and I were walking on the boardwalk and I'm not kidding you. I got prompted like five times for the, are you driving? And I'm like, no, I'm walking. I don't know <laughs> how fast you think I'm walking. And my one cousin was scrolling through a thing. I guess he scrolled a little too fast and he got that notification. Are you speeding? And it's like, are you serious? But but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, I think the update's pretty good. Um, just a few notifications that can get a bit annoying at times. But yeah, it's pretty good. Were you, Stephen, one of the people that the three-step glitch really bothered you? Or did you not really care that much? Or did it affect your enjoyment of the game? Or even your uh, friends, because you said your friends are all playing. Yeah, no, it didn't really affect me too much. But the one thing that drives me nuts, though, is there's a Pokestop, like, literally just outside the radius of my house. And sometimes I'll be there, and then it'll quickly jump back to my house. And I'm like, all right, I guess I got to get out of the house right now. So, but, uh, but yeah, so uh, I'll tell you what, Pokemon Go is good at marketing, or at least the glitches, because I've spent at least $15 on Pokeballs at times. <laughs> Well, we were we I we at least I played Pokemon Go a lot in in Indiana at Gen Con, but did you did you play I, I only played a little bit when everybody else around me was playing. So I just like caught a couple uh new Pokemon that I didn't have, you know, a lot of those uh hypnos, drowsies that they had in <laughs> Indianapolis. The city full of drowsies. Yep. Um I did get a Charmander at the Circle Center Mall. Which was really cool because there were a bunch of people like who were saying, "Oh, like there, there's a Charmander here, there's a Charmander here," and like all these people were like all trying to get it all at the same time. So that was kind of cool. Oh, cool! But, so that was like one of the experiences I was talking about, where you know one person yells at a Pokemon and you kind of see like a, a mob form, and it's a, it's a cool like thing to see in person. Yeah, especially because I was trying to decide between Tivana and that place that had the artificial boba tea. Um, I did end up with Tivana for those who are in suspense and a Charmander because I did catch it. <laughs> you know, we were at Gen Con before this before this new nearby Pokemon feature was rolled out. And I and I have to say, you would for the amount of people playing Pokemon Go, you wouldn't think that they were upset or that the three step glitch getting removed affected them in any way. They were they were out and hardcore playing and there was Nothing. If if you weren't sitting down and playing a game, if you were walking somewhere from place to place, you were probably playing Pokemon Go, and so it was just. Oh yeah, we when we went to lunch on Saturday at TGI Fridays, that was like across the street from the uh, Indianapolis Art Museum. Everybody at lunch, not everybody was on Team Instinct, but boy, everybody was trying to take that gym so hard <laughs> constantly through lunch. Have you guys ever experienced the waves of people when you go to like a park or whatever and there's like thousands of people there and they go like, oh, there's a Onyx over there and you just see thousands of people running from one end of the park to the other. It is it's like a punk show, but just one giant mosh pit. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. As I mean, I, I'm very happy with the, the new updates they did. I haven't experienced the you're going too fast thing. <laughs> I think the new nearby feature, I think that's cool. What it does is if a Pokemon, it, it now shows Pokemon near Pokestops. So if you have like a Fero on your list, it could say that, oh, the Fero is at this art monument. So you, you're now given a new direction to walk to find that um, instead of just kind of 
pointing you in a direction. So again, they said that it's a variation of the nearby feature that they're testing. So don't know if they're staying with that. Don't know if they're going to expand on that more. But it is cool that they they had other things in the work, but works besides the three step glitch, besides the three step, whatever you want to call that. So yeah, I'm I'm glad that they're doing that kind of thing. I'm glad that Pokemon Go is still pretty healthy. I feel like for me, I've kind of lost a lot of focus on it, where I have been completely satisfied with the money I've spent. I've been satisfied with the time I've put in, but I don't know. It's I, I feel like they would have to add something new, maybe new Pokemon or new items or something to kind of grab my full attention again. And maybe it's just because I've been so busy. I mean, I did play a lot of it at Gen Con. But when I got back, I just haven't really gone out of the house and been trying to catch up on work and stuff. So, you know, it's it's and not a focus for me. Also, because you're a you're a you're a game gobbler, and you I gobbled game, it up. I gobbled it, and you are full of Pokemon Go right now. Yeah, so I'm. Um, uh, I would be curious of what they do next. But again, we'll we'll continue reporting on Pokemon Go, especially when they they do updates and stuff. Uh, so what we'll do now is we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about all the new Pokemon for Pokemon Sun and Moon, and uh, we will go from there. So we will be right back. And we are back from our break. We got a bunch of Pokemon Sun and Moon news here. I got two press releases in front of me. So we're going to go through all that. Before we dive into before we dive into that, I wanted to talk about our Kickstarter episode that was that showed up for everyone last week in iTunes. It was available to Kickstarter backers and everyone about a month ago. So they had a good month to uh, let that sink in. Got a lot of good feedback from that show. A lot of people said they enjoyed the cutthroatness of it, how cutthroat it was. They enjoyed the debate. They enjoyed that it was three hours. You know, we get we get feedback from time to time on episodes that, oh, I really enjoyed this one, or like, oh, this part was really funny. But overall, the amount of feedback that came out for that episode and people asking for more episodes like that uh, really made it seem like we hit it out of the park. So if you haven't listened to that episode, uh, it's available on all RSS outlets, so go ahead, listen to that. We're going to spoil the top 10 right now. Not that like the top 10 is, is spoilers, because it's more, the point of the episode wasn't to like make a top 10. Well, y- yes, it was. But the point was to you know talk about Pokemon we enjoyed, Pokemon we liked, and try to get points across of... Like, oh, I I like Pikachu because it's Pikachu. Like, that wouldn't stand in the conversation we had. There would have to be, you know, some thoughtfulness behind these Pokemon. And so that was really the journey we tried to have for people listening. Top 10 here, or go through, go through the list, is Ammonite, Aegislash, Meowth, Farfetch, Halucha, Golduck, Victini, Gengar, Vanillux, and Chandelure. 
So those chandelier being our number one. Uh, that that was the list we formed after about three and a half hours. Wait, 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 wait. They were not ranked. Yeah, they were. No, they weren't. Ooh, they were, weren't they? Dang, nabbit. Now you got me all angry up again. <laughs> they were. They were. They were oh. ranked. I think Chandelier wasn't easy because you wanted it on your list. Mike and I already had it on the list. Steven, did you end up listening to this episode? No, uh, I'm going to save those episodes for a long road trip I'm going on All right. uh, in a week. Again, like the, the final 10 doesn't matter too much because we talked about over 40 different Pokemon and why and why they did not appear or appeared or did not appear on the final list. Will, are you still, are you still satisfied with this list or is, is something sticking out to you that bothered you? I've never been satisfied with this list because I only got one on there. And I had to, like, capitulate left and right because I was worn down by the excessive words of other players. Is there was... Omanite needs to go. You're still <laughs> on that. I am still hot. I am still salty. Why? I am still everything. Why Why would Omanite need to go? Just because it. it's just... It's not because of the Pokemon. It's because of the fossil, and and I don't care about Twitch plays Pokemon. Whatever, it is not Pokemon Go. <laughs> well, okay, I got two points for you. One, the fossil that is Omanyte is is its gimmick. It's just as important as any other fossil in any other generation. Part of its gimmick. Two, is I think a lot of people were so hung up on me relating. Omanyte to Twitch plays Pokemon, which was my argument. But two, I genuinely think Omanyte is a cute and great-looking Pokemon. I think uh, Pidgeot would have been a much better in that slot. <laughs> Bird Jesus, man. Bird Jesus. And I like Pidgeot for a lot of other reasons. Pidgeot, Pidge Pidgeot was not on your top ten, though. Well, no. It never would have been on my top <laughs> ten. No. Micah and I were very on the side of Omanyte, and... Will and Travis were not on the side of Omanyte. And let me tell you the biggest reason why Omanyte is on this list is because everyone keeps tweeting me that Omanyte should or should not be on the list. The passion that people have for Omanyte being on the list and the passion for people not wanting Omanyte on the list, which is which boils down to, I don't think Twitch Plays Pokemon was that big of a deal, which you're wrong, that's, and that's fine. You can be wrong. Twitch Plays Pokemon is so important and was so important that companies like Twitch has incorporated in their stuff Companies like, hey, the Pokemon Company has included it in their games. Uh, like in X and Y, there is a reference to it. Or no, sorry, Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, there is a reference to it. And look at the pins on Pokemon Center. Omanyte and Kabuto are pins when other Pokemon are not. Like all the starters are there. Some legendary Pokemon are there. Gumi, Gudra, uh, that line is there. But Omanyte and Kabuto are the only Pokemon not on the general... Hey, these are popular Pokemon lists that have been turned into pins. I, I didn't say that it wasn't important. I just said I didn't care for it. <laughs> no, that's as fine. As much as you did. That's fine. And I, I, I like Omanyte as a Pokemon. I think Omanyte is great. But the, the, the amount of feedback of Omanyte shouldn't be on the, this list, like, give, like sh there's no passion behind other Pokemon. No one has tweeted at me going, oh, I don't think that, you know, Meowth should be on the list. Or I don't think Meowth should be on the list. And Meowth is fine it's an okay pokemon but like meowth doesn't have a gimmick besides that it like well meowth's gimmick is it's one of the characters in the tv show so everyone in the world knows meowth because of the tv show that's what it has going for it but yeah i mean 
that is a good reason why Omanyte should be on the list. If we had a list where everyone just looked at it and went, yeah, okay, that made sense. I don't think we would have done our job as curating a list that didn't have standouts on it. Well, Omanyte and Kabuto are the, was the second uh, big decision that trainers had to make back then. Yeah, it was an extremely big decision. And if, 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 if you were, if you didn't exist before the internet, you had no clue what you were picking. Well, I just want to point out that this, this debate and, and everything as it roars onwards will mark the initial split in the academic community of Pokemon professors between the Neo-Omanitians and the Non-Omanitians. So whenever historians of science are looking back in time to see when did that split occur, I want this to be noted that this is the time that that happened. <laughs> these, two, these two ways of thinking about the Pokemon universe, this great divide that has split us apart, this is where it began. You know, I could, I could go through and I could cut a lot of Pokemon off this top 10 just because I didn't care for them. And I'm sure Will could cut a lot of Pokemon off this top 10 because only one of his Pokemon made it on the list. Sure, Travis could cut some Pokemon. But the list was formed because of all four of us coming together. And for the most part, uh, I, see where all, I see where all the Pokemon arguments came from. Still not sure what the argument for Gengar was. Uh, I know Steven earlier said Gengar was his favorite Pokemon, but to, I think there are way better ghost Pokemon than Gengar, but that's just me. Uh, You're wrong. Come on. So. No, he's wrong. Don't worry. He's wrong. <laughs> well, though, what it is a better ghost Pokemon, then? Better ghost Chandelure. Pokemon? I think Dusclops is better. <laughs> Chandelure is better. I, I just think, like, Dusclops as a Pokemon has, like, a lot more going for it in style and design and lore behind it, where I don't... Like, if you look at Gengar's lore, like, he's a shadow, I guess, and you, you could relate that back to Clefable, but, like, that's just... Pokemon conspiracy theories. Well, you're right. Your your brain's going to change when you see a lowland form Gengar. Then you're going to be all. I doubt right. we're getting a lowland form Gengar because we got Mega Gengar, but that's just me. And you know, if if we had had this debate after a lowland form Meowth was revealed, I would have been in favor of Meowth because that Meowth is cool. Oof. Yeah, and that kind of brings us into a lowland form being a real thing. This when we recorded the top ten, it was before. It was, it was over a month ago now, and so we didn't know Alolan form stuff was coming. Mega Gengar, I will say Mega Gengar is very sweet looking. But one of my arguments for Omanyte was Omanyte became popular or had some momentum behind it 20 years later. I don't think that point got across well enough in the episode, and I want to show a really good example of why that point matters to Omanyte a lot. Do you think that on episode 228, whatever episode this is, we would be talking about Executor and how cool Executor is now? No one would have ever thought that. I think Alolan Executor is pretty sweet and pretty awesome. But you know what? Pokemon was never talked about as being cool within the last 19 years, Executor. <laughs> and I'm sure there are one or two listeners that were like, no, Executor is my favorite Pokemon. I'm sure they're out there. Chlorophyll Executor is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think and that's my point, and I think that's what stands out, is Pokemon 
has given older Pokemon life again. They're, they just did it to Executor. They did it to, like, Pidgeot and Gengar and uh, Lopunny, giving them Mega Forms. They take older Pokemon and they do something to them to, to make them relevant again. And I am 100% for that. I think that is the absolute right thing to do, especially when you have, you know, at this point, 750 different Pokemon. Um, I'm including Generation 7. You have all these Pokemon, and you could either let Pokemon sit in dust and keep making new ones, or you can go back and you can make those Pokemon exciting. And they did that with Executor. And why Omanyte was important for me to be on the list, not only because I actually like Omanyte, and I think I never said that, I didn't say that enough. I actually think Omanyte's really cool, and I think Omastar's really cool, and it's one of the fossil Pokemon that I really enjoy, is that the community was able to take Omanyte and make Omanyte popular. And that was really cool. That was really cool because Omanyte is so old. You look at a Pokemon like Mimikyu and Mimikyu has that popularity. It had it out of the gate and it probably will not lose that popularity and that's fine. Like, that's cool. Mimikyu is cool. Also another ghost Pokemon better than Gengar. But, um... Might I add that Vileplume had an Aloha form before it was cool? Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think that's just I think the Alola, Alola forms really showed my argument for Omanyte, you know, a month ago, minus the fact that Omanyte was community brought up and they didn't get the special treatment that the Pokemon company is giving these Alolan form Pokemon, um, like Vulpix or Sandshrew, because, you know, who has really considered Sandshrew a viable Pokemon in the last 15 years? I mean, the last time I heard Sandshrew's name was when I was out playing Pokemon Go with a bunch of people that clearly don't know Pokemon, and they were like, oh, look it, it's that Shrew-Shrew Pokemon. Well, that's just because you don't do EV training and Horde training for EVs, so... Oh, yes. That's, let's that's let's, let's remember a Pokemon <laughs> by killing five of them at once. That's really... Five at a time. <laughs> that's really the, 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 the weight we want behind these Pokemon is, oh, yeah, I remember Sandshrew. I kill all five with a Surf. Savage. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, okay, let's go through this. Let's go through this. Uh, Alo let's start with the Alolan Pokemon. Executor, uh, which is a grass dragon Pokemon. Unlike other Executor, the Alolan Executor has a fourth head on its tail. The fourth head controls its tail independently and can take on opponents to rear that can take on opponents to the rear that can't be reached by the main head's attack. So it's like a fire truck where they have the guy in the back who steers the back of the fire truck. I think that is an excellent example. Thank you. Uh, we have Alolan Vulpix, which is ice. It is said that Vulpix came to the Alola region together with humans, but the fox moved to the snowy mountain peaks to avoid the normal habitats of other Pokemon, thus ended up taking this form. Uh, we can talk about Alolan Ninetales, which is ice fairy. Alolan Ninetales is able to produce ice crystals from its fur that covers its body. It can use these ice crystals to block attacks, or it can form balls of ice, which it fires like bullets at the opponent. These ice missiles have enough power to pulverize rocks. And Alolan Sandshrew is ice slash steel. Is this our first ice steel? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I feel like Travis no. wouldn't know. We're I don't so think there exists an ice steel. 
Yeah, I think yeah. this might be our first. Sandshrew have historically lived in desert areas, but frequent but the frequent eruptions of nearby volcanoes drove them to an abandon the desert and migrate to a snowy mountains where they took this form. Alolan Sandslash, also ice steel. The Alolan Sandshrew of the Snowy Mountains evolved into Alolan Sandslash with spiny backs that cover that are covered in ice. Alolan Sandslash hide themselves in the snow when strong enemies appear, leaving only their needles exposed and ready for business. That is somebody somebody on copy really dropped the ball in that sentence because doesn't really sell me on the Pokemon. Yeah, they're just ready to be four times weak to fighting. Enjoy. <laughs> ready for business. Uh, okay, so let's talk about these five all-gen one Pokemon. I would say that Vulpix and Ninetales have a certain following. May or may not be the same following that Lucario has. May not be a, a certain type of people, but that's fine. Executor, Sandshrew, Sandslash. Not a lot of love for these Pokemon, but uh, it's good to see that they're getting Alolan forms. New types. Steven, what are your thoughts on these five Pokemon? Well... Executor is now might be four times weak to ice now because uh, the grass and dragon typing. I never, I actually just occurred to me. But Wait, um, is it grass dragon or psychic dragon? Grass dragon. Psychic. Ooh, that's right. That's right. It is four times weak. Ooh. And especially the sand slash and the nine tails with the steel ice typing. Um, I mean, that's weak to fire uh, or fighting. I'm sorry. Fighting's a pretty uh, used uh, typing move. In the competitive scene, I can tell you that, or at least it's it's very versatile uh, when you need a a fifth or I'm sorry a fourth move with uh, with your mons. Well, Sand Sandslash wasn't seeing much competitive prior to this. Yeah. <laughs> so back on so, the back so burner. It still won't. <laughs> you guys like the designs? Do you like that? Do you like that we're getting alternative forms of Pokemon? So yeah, I I like the designs, and I would say. I think they actually tested the water since they've actually revealed a few more Alolan forms now. Um, they tested the water with a few Pokemon that aren't top popular from Generation 1 just to see how people would react. And I think the reaction has been generally positive. So now they're going to come at us with some even more exciting forms, maybe. But the change in the, the designs is really cool. I'm really excited for the surfing Raichu. Yeah. We haven't gotten to that one. We yet. haven't gotten to that. You're always uh, jumping ahead. No, that's fine. Um, what other before we get to the the rest of the Pokemon? Where are there other Gen One Pokemon that you would want to see this treatment to? Gengar. Okay, it's not Absolutely. happening. It's not happening. <laughs> I would it's two versus one. I would bet a hundred dollars that it's not happening because Gengar has Mega Evolution. I need a Fire Grass type Oddish. I think Dragonite needs some love. Dragonite? Yeah, I could see Dragonite. Dragonite has the benefit, though, of being a pseudo-Pokemon, pseudo-legendary Pokemon. I guess, Mega, I guess like Mega Salamence exists. I could see that. Dragonite's a good choice. Uh, what else do we have here in this article? We have some new Pokemon. Let's talk about those real quick here. So for our My Little Pony listeners, we have Mudbray, which is the ground Pokemon. Mudbray could be found all over the world. Mudbray could once be found all over the world, but now is a protected species. It is said that it's it's said that the Alola region is the only place in the world where Mudbray can still be found in the wild. This is your pre-evolution to Plodsdale. Plodsdale. 
<laughs> That's not really its name. Clydesdale? Uh, no, it's like Mudsdale. Mudsdale. <laughs> Oricoro? Not going to correct me well? Sounds I like... got no idea. All right. Uh, Oricoro changes its form by sipping the nectar of certain flowers since it has four different forms. The same as number of islands in Alola, it would seem that different Okoros, Orikoros, live on each island. Uh, so we have the ballet style, which is fire flying. The ballet style Orikoro is very passionate, as its power fills as power fills its body with dance. It's it sends downy fluff flying during its intense dances. We have pom-pom style, which is electric flying. Pom-pom style of Orokoro is very friendly towards people. It uses dance, dancing to encourage trainers who are feeling glum. When it dances, its feathers are charged with static electricity. We have Paiyu style, the Paiyu, which is psychic flying. The Paiyu style Orokoro acts as its own pace, which sometimes makes it difficult to deal with. It's sharp... It sharpens its spirited moves through dance, which increases its psychic power. And then we have Sensu style, which is ghost flying. The Sensu style or Koro is quite collected. By means of its dance, it gathers the spirits drifting about in the area, borrowing their power to fight. There's a lot going on with this Pokemon. Uh, so, Will, what are your thoughts? So, um, I would actually probably pronounce it as Oricorio, or like Oricorio, something like that. It's going to be something different than we're thinking of, because I, I love this Pokemon. Let me just put that straight forward. I love this little bird. It is so cute. But I think the thing to pay attention to with this is kind of harking back to what I had that old thought I had that each of the islands is going to have like a specialty and a lot of the Pokemon on that island will tend to have their typing around that specialty. So we saw a lot of electric on the first island and one of these birds is the uh, the pom-pom style is electric flying. So just note that there's a fire flying, a psychic flying, and a ghost flying. So I imagine that the other islands will be centered around fire, psychic, and ghost and have that as a prim predominant typing for the Pokemon that you find in those islands. That's yeah. It. The the thing I noticed about these, uh, and if you just want to break them down to like simple dance, you have the pom-pom the style is clearly based on a cheerleader and cheerleader dancing. Um, you have one that's based on like the Hawaiian dance. I'm, I'm, yep. You have one based on a, uh, is it Japanese? Like a Japanese dance with the fans? Like a fan style dance. Yep. Yep. And then you have one based on like a Spanish dance of like the uh, like the salsa or the uh, castanets. Um, there's yeah, I can't remember that. It's it's not salsa. It's um, what's the world's most deadly dance? Oh, Steven. Mm, I I know what you're talking about. It's we, not coming to me. <laughs> we brought you on the show because you were the dance expert. That's what you told us. <laughs> Wait, so it was in it was in the Adams Family movie, the second one. It was it in. I feel like it was a dance you see in Zorro. Uh, and it's like, like Fandango gets his name from it. The tango. The tango. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. For your I knew that name. For your <laughs> for your number one dance information, come to Pokemon Podcast. All right. The other new Pokemon we have is Miner. There's a rock flying. Miner are formed 
in the stratosphere and live by absorbing the detritus around them, the debris around them? Detritus. 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 What does that mean? What is that? Like, uh, just like the debris. garbage. Yeah. Debris. Uh, when they when they've consumed a large quantity of particles, their bodies become heavy and they fall towards the planet's surface. Miner has a hard and heavy outer shell with a core within. If you see images, their core is like uh, very pink, looks very squishy, and then uh, when they collect the debris, they have a very uh, rock central core around them with their just their the tips showing. Because they look like a star. Yeah. Is that, actually, what, is that would, what they're based on? Is like a, no, a star? No, they're, they're based on meteors. That's why it actually should be pronounced meteor. Okay. So, you know, meteors are like rocks in space that crash but, to Earth. Yeah. Yes. I know what a meteor is. But they, well, don't, they don't have squishy centers, Will. Have you, you have obviously never been to the Air and Space Museum. All right. They have a touch exhibit where you can squish the center of a meteor. Is it squishy? This... this the squishy center. It's like a Starburst candy. Yep. Huh. All right. Okay. That's kind of cool. Which is something you can tell somebody who's never been to the Air and Space Museum. All right. <laughs> Did you I confirm that place is pretty cool? It, have Have you touched the squishy core? Yes, it is uh, uh, as squishy as Will says it is. And you can also touch a moon rock. Is all right. Squishy moon or not squishy? Do not have squishy core. <laughs> they are not squishy core. All right. Uh, what else we have here? We have gum shoes. Gumshoes is the evolution of Young Goose. It, it will call on Young Goose allies and stand in the way of trial goers. I think uh, Gumshoes is probably one of the first uh, quote-unquote gym leader fights that our journeys will start with. Whether or not there will be gym leaders, that's still up in the air, but it seems like if, if there are four trials or four gyms or whatever, it seems like Gumshoes will be one of the first to battle against. It's, uh, it's normal type, right? Yes, it's normal yeah, type. Yeah, so it, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be your, that first normal battle. Uh, I got the impression that Gumshoes was like, uh, like a grumpy, like get off my lawn kind of Pokemon. And you look at the, sh- you look at the shoe part, like shoe, shoe, like leave. That's just kind of what I get, and how he's posed with his, like his arms behind his back, and seems like very elder, very knowledge knowledgeable, but at the same time, like leave me alone kind of thing. Well, but you know what a gumshoe is, right? No, no, lay it on us. Oh, that's that is a term that is used uh, to mean a detective. Oh, so like the classic '40s '50s style film noir type of detective, where they hire you to investigate a murder case because they don't believe the police are doing it right. So that's a gumshoe. Okay, cool. So I have a theory on that. On that thought, you know, at the end of Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, the detective washes up ashore. Okay, maybe he has gumshoe in in uh in the new Pokemon. And then some something happens, and he gets washed ashore to Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. Maybe it predates Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire, and they're going to give this Pokemon to that detective. Granted, it's a far reach, but <laughs> his name is Looker. <laughs> yep, yep, I do recall very, that very famous ca- character. It, it also has to do with the hunting style that it has, where it's like it's patient for its prey, and then it like attacks when it knows that they're going to arrive. A little bit. Yeah, I like uh, obviously this this Pokemon is your 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 Sentrit or your Ferret or your Bidoof and 
your what a rat tat rat kid this is your basic normal type pokemon that you see in route one but i like that it seems like there's a little bit more lore or a little bit more story or mystery behind it i think that's cool yeah and it has a little more personality than those yeah so that is awesome uh we have fomantis grass type pokemon fomantis is nocturnal it performs photosynthesis while it, is, while it sleeps during the day by spreading out its leaves in all directions because of, the danger, because of the danger of staying in the same location for two days in a row. Fomantis begins its search for the next day's spot as soon as the sun sets. And then we have its evolution, which is Lorantis, another grass-type Pokemon. Lorantis draws opponents near to itself with its flower-like appearance and aroma, and then it takes them down. It is said to be the most gorgeous of all grass-type Pokemon due to its brilliant coloration and elegant moves. Ooh, throwdown on Roserade. Wow. That's a throwdown on a lot of grass Pokemon. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, folks. <laughs> and Lorantis kind of looks like a clown to me, so it's gonna take some work. It has kind of like candy ca- candy cane legs going on. Yeah, it does. Uh, it's a cool looking Pokemon, though. I have I haven't seen the 3D model for it yet, so we'll so you'll see. Hold out judgment there. Yes, sir. Uh, Steven, thoughts on these two Pokemon? Uh, well, there are people with fear of clowns. Well, you might know whatever that phobia is. Um, I don't know if that might be. Not a crowd favorite. Uh, it's called People Who Have Read the Book Stephen King's It. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so overall, with, the, with these batch of Pokemon, uh, I'm pretty happy. I, I like all the Alola forms. I can't wait to see new Alola forms. It's, it's just a really smart way of recognizing Pokemon that wouldn't otherwise be recognized. And it's a smart way of giving us new Pokemon without increasing the Pokedex number. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested also in um, the mention of Fomantis and Lurantis being uh, nocturnal and diurnal. Obviously, how that's like important to the concept of sun and moon here. Yeah, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I think I think we forget that the games are based on sun and moon, and <laughs> they're actually slowly bringing that stuff in. Uh, what else do we have here? There are some more news here. Z moves. Oh, I forgot how much news. Happened in the last two weeks. Z-moves are a new element that have been introduced into the Pokemon battles in Pokemon Sun and Moon. Z-moves are powerful moves that can only be used once during battle. The explosive force of a Z-move is the result of both the trainer and the Pokemon releasing their full power together. Then their wishes resonate with each other. All Pokemon are capable of using Z-moves in battle. To use a Z-move, I bet, is what you guys are asking yourselves. Two key items are required, a Z-ring and a Z-crystal. A Z-ring fits on a trainer's arm, and a Z-crystal are set into it. If, if a Pokemon holds the same variety of Z-crystal as the trainer, the two will be able to resonate with each other. Z-ring. Tommy International will be releasing a Z-ring for sale at participating retailers. 
When a player uses a Z-Ring in Pokemon Sun and Moon, their real-life Z-Ring will light up, vibrate, and play a sound alongside the video and sound in the game. Is that real? That is real. Welcome to Yokai Watch, boys. We're full force in. Oh, no. And I believe the company is pronounced Tomi, but whatever. Um, I, I, I need this. I need this now. Yes. There's no way to sugarcoat that this is not ripping off Yokai Watch. A little bit. There's, there's no way you can position it where they didn't look at the success of Yokai Watch and go, we need a piece of that pie. Also, to me, it seems like the people, it seems like Game Freak looked at like a game maybe called Final Fantasy and went, oh yeah, maybe we should have like superpower summons that Pokemon can do once. Yeah, that seems all right. Let's, let's copy that. I mean, Pokemon is just, <laughs> Pokemon is asserting its dominance. I wonder if you'll be able to choose between either uh, Mega Evolving or using the Z power. Hmm. I there. Yeah, there's still people who believe Mega Evolving hasn't gone away. There's some that believe it's going away. If if they're bringing it back, which is fine, I have nothing against Mega Evolving. They really need to bring it down to one stone, one Mega Stone. Well, yeah, which it seems like they're doing with the Z power stuff, um, because it's like it, it sounds like as long as they have the Z stone and you have a Z stone, it doesn't have to be a like Pokemon specific type of Z stone, right? But think about the amount of wearables that the trainer now has. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, you can wear your. I'm also thinking, how is the cartridge gonna like send a notification to my wristband to? activate that i z moved i don't yeah i don't know hmm. uh is it because maybe it's a like an amiibo like the same nfc that an amiibo chip has yeah but how far does that travel well, well i guess my wrist should be pretty close to my 3ds right i was gonna say if you're wearing it <laughs> not on your wrist uh last bit of news here is the alola region and trials pokemon sun and moon will take place on uh, an archipelago of tropical islands, four are nature-filled islands, and one main island. The Alola region is known for is known as a resort area that attracts tourists all over the world. Alola is surrounded by the sea and has a diverse ecology made up of Pokemon that are native to the region, along with Pokemon that have recently arrived in the Alola form in the Alola form or other regions. They coexist. Blah blah blah. Uh, one aspect of the, the unique Alola culture is the Island Challenge, an adventurous rite that involves traveling through each of the four islands. This event helps young people grow to become better Pokemon trainers. As the main characters of Pokemon Sun and Moon, each player is destined to attempt this Island Challenge. To compete in the Island Challenge, young trial-goers must overcome the trials on each of the four islands. These trials are... Not limited to battling with Pokemon, they take on a variety of forms, including finding items or completing tests of knowledge. At the end of each trial, a mighty Pokemon known as a Totem Pokemon will be waiting. A Totem Pokemon is much larger than others of its species, and its body is enveloped in a special aura. When a Totem Pokemon battle, they summon an ally Pokemon to join them, with the support of these allies, the totem Pokemon will become even more powerful. Pokemon other than totem Pokemon will be sometimes called on 
allies to aid them. The final trial on each island is called the Grand Trial, where Pokemon will battle against the Kahuna, who leads that island. If a trial goer succeeds in clearing the Grand Trial, they will be publicly recognized as having cleared all of the island trials. They can move on to the next island. It sounds a lot like the Orange Island challenges from the... Was that season two or season three of Pokemon? Yeah, it does. It does, yeah. Something yep. like that, yeah. All I know is that I want to go toboggan sledding down a hill, and I want to skeet shoot with a Squirtle for a gym badge. <laughs> <laughs> there will be no guns in Pokemon. Um, after you defeat all of the Alolan trials, uh, and the if they have an Elite Four or whatever their equivalent of that is going to be, um, you will be able to travel to Kalos and actually do all of the gyms there. So... Yes, they're getting rid of gyms, and no, they're not getting rid of gyms. That you is my prediction. you really think they're going to take us back to Kalos? Yes. Or Kanto. <sighs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> captains, each trial has a captain whose role is to provide guidance to the trial goer. All the captains... All of the captains are trainers who undertook trials on their own island several years ago. Lana is a captain who is an expert with water-type Pokemon. She's dedicated to her family and is, and is a reliable older sister who watches over her younger sisters. Captain Mallow is an expert with grass-type Pokemon. She loves cooking, but it seems that sometimes her taste is a bit particular. Specializing in electric Pokemon, Captain Sophilicles is good with mechanics and... Ah. Has invented various machines. I'm just going to move on from that. Captain Kawaii <laughs> expertise is in fire-type Pokemon. And together with his Marowak, he studies the traditional dances that have been passed down in the Alola region. Kahunas, each island, each Alolan four islands has a leader. The island leader is called the Kahuna, who governs the island. Kahunas are chosen by the Pokemon known as the Garden Deities which is also found on each island. Hala is the Kakuna of the Melamele Island, where the main character has just moved to. And he is also the rival's character's Haus. Ha, how, how's, how's, I, I caught myself. Grandfather. Hala's skill is renowned re in the Alola region. He gives players their first partner Pokemon and expects great things from them. Ooh, this is only the first press release, guys. Pokeride. In the Alola region, certain Pokemon help each other reach places that are not accessible by human strength alone. This practice is known as Pokeride. It is typical of the culture of the Alola region where humans and Pokemon are closely bound together. These Pokemon do not join the player's team, but they can be called upon at any time. So there you go. Captain's Kahuna's Pokey Ride. Anyone have any thoughts before we move on? Yeah, his name is Sophocles. Sophocles. <laughs> is that it? Is that all we get? <laughs> the only thing I can think of is the, the Pikahuna from that one episode uh, with the blue-eyed Pikachu. Oh, from the anime. Isn't that the Puka one? Yeah, Puka. And then the wave was called the Big Kahuna. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, I mean, no, it's a typical term that you would use to, like, say, like, it was especially taken up by, like, surfers and everything um, to mean, like, the leader of the group. Yeah, so, I, I guess that's all we have. Uh, Z-rings, trials, 
possibly no gym leaders. Can we talk about the other Pokemon that we told Steven he couldn't talk about? Yes, we can do that <laughs> after our break. All right. And we are back from our second break here. Who knew there would be so much Pokemon Sun and Moon new Pokemon Sun and Moon news? Uh, I forgot to mention that we didn't talk about that was earlier in news. Before we get to these new Pokemon here, the Pokemon World Championships, which takes place in about a week or so, has been changed to invitation only. So what does that mean? Pretty cut and dry. If you are not invited to the world tournament, you cannot go. You cannot even go to watch. They are not letting anyone in unless you are actually a competitor. Now, if you are a competitor, you get one guest pass for uh, somebody. I no, be- that's only only for the uh, children. Only the children get a guest pass. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I misread that then. Uh, so it sounds like only one of your two parents are allowed in. Exactly. Uh, it's it's really weird. They did come out and say there will be no Pokemon Go event. There will be no exclusive Pokemon Go po- 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 exclusive Pokemon Go Pokemon. Uh, there will be none of that. It will just be the Pokemon tournament championships, the TCG championships, the VGC championships, and that's it. And they will still be streaming. They will still be doing their two different channels of streaming. They'll still be doing their interviews. But uh, as for the general public, this is the first time ever where they are not allowed in. So there was some debate whether that was because of the uh, gun incident that happened last year. Well, didn't really happen. Could have happened. Uh, Or it was just because there was too many people or it was because the popularity of Pokemon Go. There is a ton of speculation of why this may or may not have happened. I don't know if we wanted to talk about that or not. Uh, no, I think they just found out that they just didn't have as the size of the venue couldn't handle the number of people that they typically get. So that's what they had to do. I think, I think, that's, I think that's, that's where I fall to. I know some people were speculating that it could have been because of the two kids who were driving to Worlds. Was it Worlds last year? Yeah. And they had uh, a bunch of weapons and ammunition in the back of their trunk. And they were obviously and they were stopped before they got there. They were arrested. That all went over well. And some people were saying, well, this is probably the reason why they're not letting the general public in. I find it very hard to believe with less than two weeks before the world tournament, then they decide to make that decision when they had over a year to think about that. I... I am with Will. I think this was probably because of a venue change. I'm pretty sure this is the first time they were using that venue. I I can't even remember which venue it was. I think it's the Moscone Center. Yes. I don't don't remember them ever using that before. I could be wrong, though. I don't think they've had it in San Francisco before, have they? (sighs) So here's the news. This is... I'll tell you what's going on. Being Being an insider, a tech industry insider like I am... Apple is going to have a huge announcement that weekend, and Apple gave, took priority on Moscone Center because that's where they do all their announcements from. 
So basically, Moscone Center said, hmm, Pokemon has come to us once in 100 years. Apple comes to us once a year. We're going to take away some of Pokemon space and give it to Apple. So you just watch. There'll be some big Apple announcement. They're going to announce their car that weekend or something. <laughs> I don't think they're announcing their car. They're probably going to announce their iPhone since it would be the time they announce their iPhone. But yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's a venue issue. I'm pretty sure the venue went to Pokemon and said, hey, you know the space that we said was available? Well, somebody just outbid you for it, and that's the way it is. So unless you pony up more hey. cash... I, I, and, and, and they're a company that has more money than the majority of countries in this planet. <laughs> I, I really think that's it. Like, they, it's not unusual or it's not weird or it's not shocking that a venue will just straight up cancel or move things on a company that has rented that venue. And especially if, if a break of contract would have been, okay, well, now we owe the Pokemon company X amount of dollars because we broke contract, that probably doesn't even matter to the venue because whoever took that venue space, which was probably Apple because Will is probably 100% right, said, oh, well, we'll just pay you double or triple that because that's our venue and we need that venue. I mean, that's what it comes down to. But yeah, I mean, it is super disappointing that you, as, as, if, as a spectator, as somebody who was maybe fl planning on flying out there just to hang out with people, just to see people, just to play Pokemon casually, to get your, you know, world's exclusive download Pokemon, which I don't even know if they announced what it was supposed to be this year. It's, it's disheartening, and I'm sure if the Pokemon company knew that they weren't going to get that much venue space, they probably would have picked a better venue, but... When, when you're told within a month or even within two months that, hey, you're going to lose half your venue space or you're going to lose a portion of your venue space, you don't really have a lot of options to just switch venues. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Pokemon doesn't use this venue in the future. But also at the yeah. same time, they probably didn't know this was going to happen. Yeah, and, and what's really disappointing is, is the people who were coming for the last chance qualifier because... When Worlds was here in D.C., I did the last chance qualifier for the video game. And it's like there I know there are people who travel for that. And there are people who travel from other countries to get in on the last chance qualifier. And they just completely canceled LCQ for the TCG and the video game. So that's really disappointing. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, let's talk about these new Pokemon here. Go through the list here. First one is Wishy Washy. Water type Pokemon. Wishy Washy have a new ability, Schooling, which no Pokemon has previously had. Under certain conditions, Wishy Washy will change in battle to their school form. They have two forms, solo form. A single, a single Wishy Washy is a tiny and weak, is tiny and weak. Measuring just eight inches from nose to tail, Wishy Washy is very small, even for a Pokemon. Yet the people of Alola region seem to view it as a terrifying Pokemon. When it's in danger, Wishy-Washy's glistening eyes catch the light and shine out, sending out a distressed single to its allies. School form. The seemingly weak Wishy-Washy is called the Demon of the Sea because of its ferocious school form. When Wishy-Washy receive a distress signal, they unite in a huge battle formation. That's all it says. They could have probably gave me another sentence, but okay. <laughs> I think it looks real cool. I think so, too. So, for those of you that haven't seen Wishy Washy, I don't know if I could even describe it. 
It's a little white and blue fishy. Yeah, so the, the wishy-washy itself kind of looks like one of those fish that attach to, like, sharks or whales that cleans. You know what no. I'm talking about. No, it does not look like a lamprey. You don't think so? No, it just looks like a cute little fishy. It kind of looks like a guppy, almost. The weirdest uh, thing about it is, like, it's X-I, like, iris. Oh, shape. yeah. X and Y confirmed. Uh, so when, <laughs> uh, when it, like, schools together, it becomes, uh, like, I don't know what kind of fish that is. Like a big... Like a big shark-looking thing. Yeah. Like monster fish. Yeah, it's really cool, though, but no, no clarification of how or why it does that yet, which is fine. It's cool. Obviously, leave some surprises. Uh, but yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a cool concept. It's it's this Pokemon's gimmick. Yes, I don't think this is going to be a super competitive Pokemon, but it look it'll look cool in battle. <laughs> yeah, it's like forming Voltron. <laughs> the Pokemon Company hates me because they're giving me these names I cannot pronounce. Piyukumuku. Oh, um, actually, we have to mention to Carly to turn the podcast off for the next five minutes while we discussed Puke Yumuku. Puke Yumuku. Is it Puke? Yes, because it throws up its insides as its ability. I thought it was just like its hand. Okay, I'll I'll read the description. (laughs) It's a water type Pokemon. Due to their appearance and way of life... Pukamuku are considered unappealing to tourists. Part-time work pulling Pukamuku off beach and chucking them back into the sea is available at tourist beaches. But no matter how far they're thrown, Pukamuku will always return to the same spot. Pukamuku have a new ability, Inwards Out, which no other Pokemon has had before. When this Pokemon faints, Inwards Out lets out a dish Let's it dish out a final bit of damage to its opponent equal to the amount of HP it had left before receiving the final blow. That sounds like it can be pretty powerful. Is there a Hawaiian animal that actually pukes for defense? You know, I don't I I have no idea. I have no idea what this is coming from. I'm well, sure it's a, something. But... This is a sea cucumber, is it not? Oh yeah, you're probably right. Yes. Although it doesn't look like a sea cucumber, but acting like one, sure. I, I thought... think you got one right, Steve. <laughs> I did it. Because a sea cucumber is actually an animal. Yeah, I thought they had like little. Sp- I thought you weren't supposed to ever step on a sea cucumber. I thought that was like the 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 thing around it. Uh, well, I've never heard of that, but well, there's a lot of things you, you don't want to step on. Yeah, well, that's true. Uh, okay, yeah, that's that's weird. Uh, it looks like it evolves, I would say. I would argue that it probably does, but who knows? Uh, Morlul is a grass fairy Pokemon. Morlul are nocturnal Pokemon that walk around at night on their legs like roots. They move because staying in one spot and sucking all the nutrients from the soil would cause the surrounding plants to wither. With their roots, they make contact with other Morlul and communicate with each other. It's your mushroom Pokemon of this generation. That's about all it has going for it right now. Pretty much, yep. <laughs> uh, there are some new Alola uh, Pokemon adapted to the Alola region. There's a paragraph here. Some Pokemon have adapted to the distinctive microclimates of the Alola region and have taken new forms. 
uh, than they have in other regions. These Pokemon are called regional variants. After settling in the Alola region, they live like native Pokemon. These regional variant Pokemon have different appearances and types, and their way of living may differ from forms previous previously known. So here are the new Alola, Alolan Pokemon. Uh, we have Alolan Meowth, which is a dark type. Meowth is a Pokemon that did not originate, originally live in the Alola region. They were sent to the royal family of Alola as an offering from another region, and only a select few could have them as partners. It is said that Meowth, it is said that Meowth that were offered to live the royalty life uh, of luxury and pampering, which led them to have a selfish and prideful attitude, and caused Meowth's form to change. Alolan Marowak. Which wait, is, wait, wait. I, I just have to say that I had I did not care for Meowth one little bit previously. I love Alolan Meowth. Really? I love the dark typing. Absolutely. I think it's one of the weakest Alolan Pokemon. No, 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 no. no. This is it's Purloin the, done right. The this only thing is different so cool. is its eyes. And its skin color, and it's like doing that funky, I, like walk like an Egyptian hands, man. No, 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 no. This is great. And it's typing, just pure dark type. Meowth, Meowth should have been dark type to start with, and it is wonderful and beautiful, and I love it. And it's very sassy looking. Yes. I'm, I'm not disagreering with the sass. I'm just, just when you compare Alolan Meowth to the other Alolan Pokemon, it's kind of like they didn't know what to do with it. They're like, oh, let's change its color, let's adjust its eyes, alright, call it a day. I you would just look at the design, you don't look at the actual like thought I, behind I, the fullness of the Pokemon. There's not a lot of thought to it. It's dark type now. Instead of giving you money on a payday, it's gonna take money from your pocket without even noticing. It's they, the like exposed Pokemon. It's gonna take your wallet. They could have done they could have done a little bit more. That's all I'm saying. <sighs> Move on. A little bit more. Alolan Marowak, Fire Ghost. The Marowak in the Alola region take bones and light both ends on fire by rubbing them against their foreheads. The, then they spin the bones around. Marowak's rarity and its fearsome appearance when it dances with its bone led to people of the Alola to dub it and conjure and regard it with fear. So I think one thing we can all agree on is this is the superior fire ghost Pokemon. Correct. I I mean it's it's no chandelure. It's much better than chandelure. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe well, according Look according to Serepi, cool he, he has cursed body and lightning rod, which are pretty good. Yep, yep, definitely. Uh, last one we have is Alolan Raichu, which is electric psychic. The Raichu in the Alola region have two types: electric and psychic. And they are able to wield psychic power. What's more, they can gather their psychic power on their tails and ride them to float in the air. See, now, Alolan Raichu is real cool. And besides looking pretty different, it also rides its tail as a surfboard. What does Alolan Meowth have going for it? Nothing. It's got a bigger coin on its head because it steals more money. I don't think the coin is bigger. Well, you're wrong. I'm going to measure it, and I'll prove right. you wrong. Next week on Pokemon Podcast, the measurement results of Meowth's coin. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on these three Pokemon? Well, I recall in a previous episode, maybe 10 or so ago, that one of you two said that the Pikachu line would never be touched. And here we are with Alolan Raichu. 
Uh, I don't think I ever said that. I I don't think I ever said that. I'm not going to claim that, but that sounds like something Steve would say. <laughs> but it is really cool. It's surfing on its tail and its psychic types. I don't. I mean, what other psychic electric type do we have? Mm, I don't know, but they are giving a lot of boost to Alolan Raichu. Because also in electric terrain, it gets... Uh, what was the other thing that it gets? Speci it's specific for electric terrain. Dag nabbit. Uh, my press release doesn't say anything more than what I read. There's, there's something special that it gets because of electric terrain. I can't remember, and now I feel like a horrible person. I'm not too sure. I, I guess my thoughts on Alolan Raichu was that it was needed... I think Raichu and Pichu are somewhat forgotten about when it comes to Pikachu's overwhelming power. And that's nothing against Pikachu. Pikachu does what Pikachu needs to do. But I think that an Alolan Raichu makes more sense than a Mega Raichu. And they've touched Pikachu before because obviously they gave it fairy typing. So, did wait, did they give Pikachu fairy typing? Am I like having a hallucination right now? Are you thinking? Think are, had fairy are you thinking cosplay Pikachu's? Maybe. <laughs> oh yeah, um, that's right. Alolan Raichu gets double speed in electric terrain, just as a little gift. Well, they better bring back that surfing game from Pokemon Yellow. <laughs> the last thing I wanted to touch on is there was some core core scans with some Pokemon not shown. There is a pre-evolution to beware, which is like a little cub, bear Pokemon. Uh, it looks very similar, but. A I remember talking about Beware and saying that it's very rare for the Pokemon company to show a a final evolution prior to a pre-evolution, but they did do that with Go-Goat. We saw Go-Goat first before we saw Skidoo. Uh, it seems like the same concept here with Beware. The pre-evolution has not been acknowledged yet. The other two Pokemon shown was the Muck and Grimer or the Trubbish and Garboder Pokemon of this generation, which is a sandcastle Pokemon. Um, I don't know if you guys <laughs> saw this, but... I did see it. There's a little pile of sand with a shovel in its head, which is very cute. It evolves into a giant sandcastle. Uh, again, shovel still in head. I think they're amazing. We don't have any names. We don't have any more information about those. So, no, what's, no. What's, what's your prediction for the pre-evolution of Beware? It's just a little cub. What, no, what, what, what would you guess that its name is going to be? Oh, Cubware. Steven, do you have I was a guess? Gonna say, I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> cubware? All right. I don't, so I it's heard... probably not Cub because of Cub Chew, but... Yeah. So I have heard some people posit um, something like either Clawshin or Cubshin to come from, like, you know, oh, Clawshin and Beware. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's My really good. guess... My guess is it's going to be Wee Bear. Wee Bear evolves into Beware. Oh. We'll see who's right. <laughs> okay, all right. We'll keep you updated here. Let's go back to Marowak real quick. This is clearly a reference to Generation 1 in the Lavender Town, is it not? Oh, yeah, because you had to find the little... The guy's mom, who was killed by Team Rocket. <laughs> this time you won't need a oscilloscope to see it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So I've, that Marowak was definitely ghost at the time. Was there any fire to it? I don't think so. No, no. Okay. No, but the whole thing about rubbing the bone against his head to create fire is new to me. 
Yeah, that's a cool. Co- that's like a very cool concept. As for as for just Alolan Pokemon in general, I talked about this a little bit on Twitter. It was talked a little bit on Slack, but it seems like when you look at if you break down generations, generation one, generation two, generation three, all the Pokemon in that generation have a certain feel and a certain theme. Would you agree to that, Will? Yeah, I would agree. Generation 5 especially doesn't really um, mesh that well with other generations. I mean, like, obviously all those Pokemon fit as Pokemon and they they do fit in. I think it's very easy to look at Generation 1 and Generation 2 and see them mesh together very well. But if you... So when I was looking at these new Alolan Pokemon and obviously Marowak is a good example of a reference to Generation 1. Um, in Lavender Town. Uh, if you separate Generation 2 from the other generations and compare it Generation 2 directly to Generation 7, uh, there's actually a, like a lot of, oh, these Pokemon seem tropical. Oh, these Pokemon seems, seem like they would be on islands. Oh, these Pokemon seem to fit a sun and moon theme. Uh, they're very similar, and I would encourage you to just look at the list of Generation 2 Pokemon and like, look at our Generation 7 Pokemon, and you'll see a lot of similarities. There are three Pokemon from Generation 2 that definitely stand out, and there's a joke going around on the internet of Belossum being the Alolan form of Vileplume, which is very funny, and uh, I feel like there's a little bit of seriousness to that, like a, a little bit of validity to that. Is that a word? Sure. Yes. There are two other Pokemon that stand out in that list, though, and one is Slowking, and the other is Politoed. Again, just look at those three Pokemon. They're the only three Pokemon in Generation 2 with split evolution lines. Uh, they're also the only three Pokemon with split evolution lines. I'm trying to think of all the examples I had. Uh, there's the first time we had split evolution lines. Uh, and there are some other Pokemon later on that have split evolution. Eevee doesn't count. For all those people just thinking, oh, like, Eevee has... No, Eevee doesn't count. Um, Eevee's gimmick is Eevee's gimmick. We haven't seen that many split evolution lines since. I guess we have, like, Wormpole and stuff. But, again, that's based on... That's more based on, like, stats and other kind of split evolutions. It's It's different. But... They also all fit, like, a tropical Hawaiian theme. Blossom being... Uh, a Pokemon that did represent Hawaii back in the time with the dancing. Uh, Slowking being in the movie representing, like, being on an island, being a knowledge in Pokemon 2000, representing that kind of island theme. And then Politoed, obviously, uh, a frog. Are there frogs in Hawaii, Will? I'm sure there are. Yes, there are. There's frogs everywhere. Yeah, so uh, he wins by default of frog, being a frog. Uh, it's almost like to me that Pokemon Company back 18, 19 years ago when Gold and Silver came out wanted to do alternative versions of Pokemon. Like, oh, we should do an alternative version of Slowbro, or oh, we should do an alternative version of Vileplume. And obviously they did, but they didn't know how to actually make it happen. And the default at the time was, let's just add new Pokemon. Okay, well, we'll just give them a Pokedex number. We'll just make them slightly different, and then we'll just give them an evolution. And why I say that is because you can find artwork of 
like Executor having a super long neck in very old artwork of of Pokemon, and it's like, it, did it take them twenty years to make Executor have a really long neck, or did they want to do a split evolution with Executor? They just didn't know how at the time, and like their their default at the time was let's just add them to the Pokedex. To me, it's it's almost like Alolan Pokemon have been cooking uh, on the back burner for. 18, 19 years, and now they've finally figured out a way to do it. And I think it was because of the success of Mega Evolutions of, okay, we can have a Mega Charizard, we can have two Mega Charizards, we don't actually have to add them to the Pokedex, and they're still widely accepted as being um, acceptable, as being like, these are Pokemon that people want, these are Pokemon that people will buy plushes for, these are Pokemon that people adapt to, and we didn't have to give them a Pokedex number. So what you're basically saying is they went to the guy who's supposed to design all the Pokemon. They said, all right, we're coming out with Gen 7, spit out 150 more. And he said, dudes, I am so tired. And he's like, I have this drawer full of fan Pokemon art. Let's just grab a bunch of these and throw them <laughs> I have fan Pokemon art from the past 20 years. Let's just use it. All right, done. Wow, my job is real easy these days. <laughs> Would you... <laughs> Would would you guys want new like just new Pokemon or do you like these alternative forms? I guess is the I question. I want I want Alolan forms for every single Gen One Pokemon. Just Gen Period. One, just yes, because I also want it to be tied into the way that you bring uh, the Pokemon in from Red, Blue, and Yellow, and then that turns them into Alolan form Pokemon. But that's my personal theory with no basis in any form of reality. But whatever. Well, I don't think you're getting. Like, at this point, they haven't showed Alolan Execute or Alolan Cubone, so I feel like that's not going to apply to all Pokemon, but... Like, why, why, why would you show Sandshrew, Sandslash, Ninetales, and Vulpix and not show Execute or Persian or Cubone? Because you're not going to show everything all at once. Just the cool ones, just the fun ones. Test in the waters, man. I don't know about that. Steven, you had a point to support me, Yes. Well, I mean, of all the generations other than Gen 2, or I mean, including Gen 2, um, I mean, I think this is the first time I've been super hyped for the gimmick of all the islands and the different evolutions and the new Pokemon or the altered forms. I mean, Gen 2, like, super exciting. Like, I even sold my game gear for that. I was super excited for it. But then, like, the other the other uh, generations just were a bit underwhelming with the designs. But, I mean, yeah, maybe... Maybe the Pokemon designer did pull from his drawer of middle school drawings and <laughs> and uh, incorporated them. But I'll tell you what, it's working. Whatever Pokemon's doing, they they did something right. Yeah, I think I think just like Mega Forms really reinvigorated a lot of Pokemon, and they realized that they could do this without needing a Mega Stone, without needing a reason why these Pokemon are different. Well, obviously, the reason here is because of the climate and because of they moved and stuff. But I think it's a cool concept. I think it, I think it really finally has a good reason to tie all generations together. Because you look at like a generation like five, and you see Buffalant, and you see that stupid pink Alola Mola thing. You know what I'm talking about, Will? I'm ignoring your idiocy. <laughs> And you go, why are these Pokemon not related to Tauros? Why are these Pokemon not related to Love Disc? And I mean, now you you went that way, but sure. You don't think they should be like somewhat related? Maybe they are in Gen 8 and maybe you just haven't you're found right. it out yet. You're right. Maybe they are eventually. 
But now it feels good that this generation is kind of tying back to older generations. Not in a way of these Pokemon are directly um, related via the evolution line, but more so they're related in in concept, in region, in design, in feel. Uh, and that feels good. That That is very exciting. No, the hype is real. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and, and you just, if you think about it, it's a way of like, if they were thinking, because, you know, they have the, the fire twirling hula dancers and everything in Hawaii. And they could have been thinking like, well, we need a fire twirling Pokemon. And then somebody said, but wait a minute, Marowak has a bone that it twirls and everything. Why don't we turn Marowak into that fire twirling Pokemon? You know, oh, we need a palm tree Pokemon. Oh, wait, ex- ex- Executor is kind of like a palm tree. So let's make it a real palm tree Pokemon. And like they went on from there and they, yeah, I think it's coming across really well. Yeah. And I hope that, I hope that mega Pokemon aren't, aren't done with. I hope that we do see more mega Pokemon, but I also hope that like one generation eight or nine comes that this keeps going where this isn't like, oh, well, you know, for this region, yeah, there were special other Pokemon, but you know, well, well, not, we're not going to see that again in the future. Like <laughs> that would just feel weird. Uh, speaking of weird, let's talk about Team Skull because they're weird. I didn't think they were that weird. <laughs> in the Alola region, a group of ruffians known as Team Skull cause a lot of trouble. They steal other people's Pokemon, mess up trial sites, and delight in all kinds of evil deeds. Team Skull's boss is Guzma. Guzma is the boss of Team Skull, the one who holds all these ruffians together. Guzma pours on the attacks, battling without mercy... He certainly does seem strong, but he claims that he could never become captain. He also seems to have a bone to pick with Professor Kukui as well. Team Skull admin, Plamera. Plamera is considered the big sister of Team Skull. She's a tough lady who keeps the Team Skull uh, members in line and working together in a sort of way uh, a strict older sister would be. She seems to care for the grunts who are below her in pecking order, and she's not one to let go if anyone gives them a walloping. And then finally, the Team Skull grunts, both male and female. Grunts wear matching skull tanks. These uniforms aren't provided for them. All grunts have to buy their own. (laughs) That's it. That's all we know about. It doesn't sound like they have... I'm sorry. No, go ahead. It it sounds like they don't have a plot to like rule the world or anything. They just want to just be angry at these various gyms and just cause havoc. Well, I think they're they're mad that Guzma can't be uh, Kahuna. That's probably <laughs> what it's going to come down to. But I saw like so the one complaint that I saw was that they're kind of like '90s rave party goers in yeah. the way that they dress, which is so true. But I don't mind. I'm not mad. I think that's still kind of cool. I feel like they they would fit more in a 2000-2002 era of like punk slash gothic style and how that was at one time popular. Wearing the UFO uh, pants. Yeah, the, the Jinko jeans they're supporting. <laughs> Stop with the Junko. Everybody is so harsh on the Junkos and like why? Don't don't harsh the Junkos. Oh man. Um, I think they look really cool. I think they look fun. 
Yeah, I think so. We Team Rocket was two generations. The Team Rocket in the show in the anime is not the same Team Rocket in the games. The Team Rocket in the show was more. We want to capture Ash's Pokemon. We want strong Pokemon. We want to take over the world. Where more than Team Rocket in the game, and correct me if I'm wrong, was more about money, more about corruption, more about using Pokemon as tools to run companies. They hurt the economy. Yes. That's kind of a world thing. Yeah. Um, Will, would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. Uh, what was next then? Team Aqua and Team Magma were next. Gen 3, yep. And so Team Aqua's goal was to cover the world in water. Team Magma's goal was to get rid of all the water. Maybe that's why I don't care for them as, as, as bad guys. Because, and this is kind of why I like Team Skull, is because what Will said, they're not trying to take over the world. And neither was Team Rocket, at least in the games. They were more of, we want our companies to succeed. We want the money. We can do that not at the expense of ruling the world, which I think is just a very poor cliche at this point. Um, Fourth generation was Team Galactic. Which, did they want to rule the world, or did they just want to go to space? I can't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, it's hard to remember. (laughs) Very forgettable evil team. I don't think they were set on world domination. But maybe we'll look into that for next week. I don't think they were set on world domination. I think they were just very obsessed with space. I think they wanted to fulfill a prophecy, if anything. Oh, like like more religious fanatics, right? Yeah. I think you're right. Uh, team five is, or the fifth generation is team plasma. Uh, they, okay. So this is the, this will is going to be the expert on this, but I'm pretty sure team plasma started off as wanting to separate Pokemon and humans altogether. Well, they claimed that they wanted to free Pokemon from human enslavement. Yes. That was their claim. Okay. But Which I think is actually- a great claim. It had nothing to do with dominating the world, so I'm already yes. on. I'm already for them. But their actual intent was so that they would be the only ones that had Pokemon, so then they could take over the world. That's where they lost me. <laughs> or they could take over Unova at least. They started off strong. Back end of their plan. That's where I'm no longer on board. Uh, Team Flare. I'm still not sure what their gimmick was. Besides, they had a giant machine to blow up the world. They were not a very good team. They Well, no, they wanted to make the world more beautiful by either only allowing the beautiful people to live or only allowing uh, the Pokemon to live, but not both. Yeah, that's just... Nope, doesn't work for me. I think they were probably the weakest team, to be honest. Like, looking back, I think easily they were the weakest bad guys. Uh, I would say Galactic, since we don't even remember that they wanted to create a new <laughs> universe, but whatever. <laughs> And then we get to Team Skull, which is uh, at least what, what we've been told. They're, they're just causing trouble, which I, I guess all of the team causes trouble. But I don't know if you take over the world in, uh, in a black bandana and, and a gold chain. I don't see that happening. And some Junko jeans. <laughs> they, yeah, but they, they, they seem very early 2000 dress code to me. No, I would say late 90s. I mean, these are definitely raver kids. Yeah, with her Burger King 
the uh, Burger King Pokeball. <laughs> the, oh, stop. The the interesting thing about the leader here, Guzma, or whatever his name is, if you look at his sunglasses, one is like a normal shape sunglass, and then the other is like a, it's like curved down as like a, I don't know how to, like a half circle. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. And they're more, I wouldn't say that they're sunglasses, they're more like goggles, more steampunky. Okay. But yeah, one of the lenses is oddly shaped, which is probably in reference to some Pokemon that we haven't seen yet. Right, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it is. And then, they, and then they have their skulls, so the bandana forms the, the skull teeth, and then their hat has the two skull eyes on top. Um, again, they have the same look, the same exact eyes. One eye is half circle, one eye is a full circle, if you look at their bandanas. Also, if you, oh, cool. yeah. if you look at her braids uh, for the sister, she also has the half circle in both her braids there, too. For Plumeria. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So I'm sure that's going to be a gimmick here. Uh, their S is like a fist. Like three fingers uh, coming Actually, up? it's, um, if you look at it, the holes in the S are the two eyes of a skull, and then there's three teeth. Oh, okay. I like that. I like that logo a lot more now. <laughs> I thought it was an S with like, like three fingers, like forming a fist. You know what I'm talking about? No, and actually, if you look at the left part of the, the skull there, has that kind of winky eye on it, too. <laughs> yeah, I like, okay, I like their logo a lot more. I don't know if you guys noticed, but the official artwork shows the female and the male. One has, like, a reddish-pinkish hair, and the other has a bluish hair, kind of like Jesse and James. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, and they're, uh, they have tattoos on, too, obviously tattoos of their logo, but is that the first time we've seen we've seen somebody in the Pokemon world with a tattoo? I think so. I think that's kind of somewhat important. Didn't the admin for Team Aqua have tattoos? Um, I don't know. What about Archie might have had a tattoo? I played Omega Ruby, so I don't know. <laughs> I think I don't know which one I played. I didn't play it that much, though. Uh, but yeah, there's, uh, there's Team Skull for you. I, I don't... You guys know how I felt about... You guys know how I feel about story and not really wanting my Pokemon to have an end-focused story, but that's just me. So hopefully this is just kind of like the, the, the Team Rocket amount of story in a game. <laughs> you got your story in my Pokemon. You got my <laughs> Pokemon in your, my story. So yeah, that's, uh, that's all the news that, uh, that happened here. We're probably missing some. There's probably a lot, but... I didn't realize that there was that much and that we'd be talking that long. Uh, with that being said, let's do our Pokemon of the week and then let's wrap up. Uh, we'll probably have Travis back next week and we can probably just kind of quickly go over this information again. And by then, who knows, we'll probably have more information to go off of. Uh, this week's Pokemon of the week is Bellossom. The original Alolan Pokemon. See, if you look at the picture, it's doing the Hawaiian dance. It's called a hula. You can say hula. I'm just, just saying. The, the Hawaiian dance. The Hawaiian the dance. The Spanish dance. The Spanish dance. The Japanese dance. Uh, Blossom is a grass-type Pokemon. It evolves from gloom when exposed to the sunstone. Huh? Huh? Sun and moon? Moonstone? Sunstone? They're coming back. It's one of Oddish's final forms, uh, the other being Vileplume. Blossom is 
often seen dancing and chanting in particular blossom dances when cloudy weather persists or when heavy rainfall season ends and it is drawn out by the warm sunlight. It lives in grassy plains. Number 182 in the Pokedex. Do we have a move set? Do we have some moves for Blossom? Uh, sure. One thing to note about Blossom is that from Generation 6, it got 10 points added to its defense. So it went up from 85 defense to 95 defense, um, which is nothing that special, really. Uh, attack is 80, special attack is 90, so not that much of a difference Whether you, what kind of a move pool you want to put on it, but I don't know. Let's throw some darts here. Steven, you got any ideas? You, you like to do competitive. Yeah, I, I think its speed is garbage. It's 50, but it has chlorophyll, so if you accompany it with someone who has drought, its speed would double. But it also has healers, which heals if you're doing double or tr maybe triple. Uh, battles it will heal 30 percent of the adjacent pokemon so it's debatable whether if you want healer or chlorophyll but i would definitely do a, a special attack set with it so what would you put grab some special uh, attacks well you need uh, a fairy type so i would say moonblast um it's a grass type so i would definitely say you need some kind of powder moves uh i'm i personally like to troll with sleep moves uh or you could put a uh paralysis powder i forgot what that's called um, but you, you also have to have the solar beam on there, but with, uh, chlorophyll actually, okay, this is going back to chlorophyll, uh, with drought, uh, you solar beam in one turn. Um, and yeah, then you have an extra slot for whatever you may want. So probably you want to go with chlorophyll because healer is only a 30% chance to heal a status condition. So number one, you have to have an ally that's been inflicted with a status condition, and then you only get a 30% chance of repairing it. So that's just way too too many probabilities. Yeah, healing's but, a weird gimmick in, in, competitive, in the competitive scene. It, yeah. You really have to do it right. And with chlorophyll, um, you know what you're getting if you get somebody who can get that sun to shine. So you want to have that uh, blossom and uh, what's his name? Big dinosaur guy. Uh, Tropius Tyranitar. No, he's gonna make the sun shine. Garchomp. No, Charizard. Biggest dinosaur guy. Rayquaza. Groudon. No, from uh, from yes, Groudon. <laughs> you want primal form Groudon. Primate and Blossom as your team. <laughs> <laughs> That's what everybody's playing in uh in, in competitive Pokemon right now is Groudon Blossom, man. <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, yeah, if you're running Sunny Day, you're probably obviously going to run Solar Beam. And then, yeah, Moonblast, it can learn. You can learn Poison Powder, Sleep Powder, Lucky Chant, Moonlight. Ac Acid is also a pretty decent move. Granted, it only has 40 power, but you can com combat against some of the fairy types. Do you see fairies as being such a big threat for Blossom? Well, it's a good it switch in for fairy types. It can learn Sludge Bomb, which is probably the better choice. Yeah. yeah, that is a good one. Uh, shiny Blossom is purple instead of green. Might be a reference back to Vileplume being purple. Blossom is the shortest fully evolved Pokemon at one foot, four inches. The gold, in gold and silver artwork, the artwork made earlier, uh, Blossom's body is shown with a blue color instead of its usual green. That color is similar to the evolution rel 
Evolutionary Relatives and Shiny Color in Generation 2. Blossom is the only single-type Pokemon that evolves from a dual-type Pokemon, thus the only Pokemon which loses its secondary type upon evolution. Well, that's some trivia for you right there. Uh, Blossom shares its category with Vileplume and Bellsprout. They're all known as the Flower Pokemon. In Generation 2, Blossom could not learn Sludge Bomb, despite being its pre-evolutions being able to do so. That was fixed in Generation 3. The only other Pokemon to lose the ability to team up to learn a TM upon evolution is Sinchino, which lost the ability to, to learn Thief from TM46 in black and white. This was fixed in black and white too. Belasso may be based on a hula dancer. Judging from its body structure and its Pokedex entry, it may also be based on a bell. Why not both? Why not both? So there you go. Belasso, the early Alolan form of Vileplume. The hipster of Pokemon. Before they figured out how to make Alolan forms work, Blossom was there, along with Politoed, Slowking, Executor. Um, seriously, though, if you look for older Executor art, you'll see Executor with a very, very long neck, uh, referencing back to the Alola form. So, Referencing forward to forward, the Alolan form. Forward to the Alolan form. So, yeah, clearly this was not just thought up of in the last two years when they were working on it but probably something that they were wanting to do for quite a while which is exciting stuff like that makes me excited stuff like oh we added basculin to the game because we needed more water pokemon yeah not so much basculin is the worst more water types (laughs) well i just hope they uh get a little more imaginative with the shinies instead of just slightly changing the palette yeah i hope so too they really need somebody to go through and Fix all the shinies. But that was our show for you guys. Steven, thank you for being here. Hopefully you had a good time. It was a pleasure. If Do you want our listeners to find you? Uh, well, I'm on Slack at, at Brosif with an I. Um, I'm also on Instagram if you like uh, food and me traveling the world. Uh, I'm at SGT3386, and that's it. All right, cool. Uh, Will, where can our listeners find you? Uh, at Washing the Sink on Twitter and my Instagram. I can't remember, so just go. Don't look at that. All right, <laughs> perfect, awesome. You can follow me on Twitter at Dragging a Lake. If you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, is at Pokemon Podcast. And your homework for this week is to leave us a review in iTunes if you haven't done so. Uh, We're at 620 reviews, trying to get to 700 by the end of the year. That would help us out if you haven't done so already. Also, if you want to listen to a show about board games, you can look for the Tuesday Night Podcast in iTunes. If you want to look for a show about Card Fight Vanguard, Will, where can they find? (laughs) Uh, That's Drive Check. Um, You can search for Card Fight Vanguard or Drive Check in iTunes, and it'll come right up. And you can listen to Will talk about the Vanguards. It's not just me. It's got Cole and Jack, too. There you go. And when you, when you run out of your super effective episodes, check out Drive Check. <laughs> Do you listen? I, I listen when I run out of super effective episodes. <laughs> you're, you're, my, uh, you're my favorite uh, PKMN caster next to Steven Travis. <sighs> that means I'm coming third. Okay. All right. No, you're first. I, I probably said that backwards. I'm not very good with words. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Otherwise, 
Uh, thank you all for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. We'll be back next week with whatever is happening. Probably Pokemon Go. Probably more Sun and Moon. But otherwise, this has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast. And we are... Super Oddish. Hipster File Plume. <laughs> Super Hipster File Plumes, yes. <laughs>